Despite having a passion for animals and farming, Mike Duxbury received only one offer from all the agricultural colleges he applied to. The rest dismissed him instantly because he was blind. After graduating with an impressive array of qualifications, he became an accessibility consultant in London, but his heart was always with the land. He decided that rather than telling people how to run an inclusive business, he'd show them instead. So farming for me is about, A, it's what I, I know the best, it's what I'm qualified to do, it's what I love doing, but it also is a demonstration of what, you know, one thing about people with disabilities is we're great problem solvers, because we have to solve those problems every day about being equal. Join Mike now at Inclusive Farm, the working farm in Bedfordshire that he designed and built himself. As he describes his mission to welcome students of all abilities, talks about the importance of connecting with the land and explains the different coughs of pigs. So we got the farm gate about 30 yards away, uh, right by a country lane, so you will hear cars uh, flying past. Some people think it's uh, hanging lane at um, Silverstone, um, and you might get the odd plane flying over or a helicopter uh, coming to see, make sure that I'm behaving myself. And we're all on the flat, so well, we are here. Uh, the rest of the farm is on the hill going all the way up to, I think, the moon, I think, it feels like it some days. So, yeah, so that's where we're at now. And in a minute, I'm going to take you for a little stroll up the farm and we will meet the different animals in the different paddocks. Uh, and I'll try and give you a bit of a description of the farm as we're moving about so you can get a bit of a flavour of what, uh, what we look like. The whole purpose behind what we're doing here is, is, a, is a snapshot of what a farm should be. Uh, it's a full working farm, it creates its own income. And But the big part of why we're here is that uh, I think the world was, a lot of people in the world were getting fed up of disabled people being ignored and also fed up of the world trying to do lots of things that they thought disabled people should or shouldn't have. And I think it's now time that we decided actually what we wanted ourselves and what we could do ourselves. And this is a, just a proof of what somebody who's totally blind can do, not what we can't do. So we're now coming to the farmyard. And on the left here, we have two pig pens. And in here, Oh, and the geese. They are right and cute. Right hand side pigs, they are 15, 16 weeks old. And they're predominantly white crosses. So we got large white, Duroc, and a bit of Oxford Sandy in there. Thank you, geese. As I said, one of the big bonuses of all the pens on this farm is every pen has got a different frontage texture wise. So it allows me to tell me where I am if it was in the wind and I can't hear where I am. It tells me exactly where I am by just one touch. 
on the farm. Um, the left-hand side, we have our new inmates, and we got 12 little large white, middle white piglets, and they're about eight weeks old. Um, we also have matting on the floor uh, that stretches from the fence out to about five feet. And that just tells me and others who've got no sight that if we've got our arms full of buckets of feed or bales of hay or whatever, when our feet hit the mat, we are five feet away from the, the fences. So it just helps for safety and, uh, and, and tells where we are. Um, back in the 80s when I was um, involved in the starting the pig thing, it was majority of pigs were kept indoors. So their ability to charge off across a five acre field was much less. So for somebody like myself, it, it fits in with my own, uh, if you like, mobility uh, to handle them in more confined areas. Uh, and that just suited me and them and seem to go together really well. Obviously now more and more pigs are outdoors, including some mine, but you know, my, my knowledge of pigs and my working ability with pigs is probably second to none, but you know, because I've been doing it for 30 odd, 37 years. Um, and there's not a lot I haven't come across and I, I've learned all the mistakes and I still make them, um, some of them, uh, but uh, pigs are just fascinating creatures and uh, they bring me an awful lot of joy. When you say you could hear where you are, yeah. to what sort of degree? Like, from somewhere I am. Yeah. Listen, don't look, listen. What can you hear? All right, so I've got... Yeah, there's definitely Pigs lapping from over there, yeah. Yeah. And again, got lots of... Movements in Smaller-footed snuffling yeah. going on the and left. you can hear the straw, can't you? Yeah. yeah. So you know the pens are very close. So this is what a lot of people don't do. They don't close their eyes and listen. And that actually, in many, in many ways, will save a lot of farmers a lot of grief because I stand here at feed time and listen and I can smell or hear if there's any animal health problems. From the breathing? Breathing and breathing. Listen for coughing, sneezing, yeah, laboured breathing. And if they're grunting, they're happy and alive. <laughs> so this is why I say to people, sometimes you've just got to get your head over the fence or get in there, whichever you want, and listen. And a lot can be told. These all sound really happy. No coughing, no sneezing, no laboured breath. I can't smell anything else other than what should be there. They haven't had any fresh straw yet, so I can smell that. Um, 
but they've all been fed recently so they're all just finishing off feeding and you can tell all that just by the situation the big point of what we're doing is to encourage other industries to look at themselves and what their own employment ethics are about you know how many people do the car industry the, the steel industry the rail industry how many people of them are, are those who are employing disabled people in different uh, uh, guises um, the answer is I don't know what I do know is that less than 800 people who have got disabilities are working in the whole of the agriculture food and fisheries industry that's, that's quite pathetic. Um, what we also know is that 90% of blind people in the UK are unemployed. 78% of autistic people are unemployed. So you, you get from that, your own, you draw your own conclusions. How well we're doing. Uh, the beauty here is that we've built it according to, if you like, my own needs. So it's not, we haven't taken a farm and modified it. We've just taken a, an idea out of my head and the fury of my seeing people like myself who have not got the strength to fight for themselves, being denied of jobs, being denied of colleges, being denied of, you know, environments that, that able-bodied people take for granted. So I can hear pigs eating. I can hear the metallic, no metallic noise, so I know that's a pig with its nose in the trough or feet. And I know over to my right, I can also hear geese gently clucking, but if I go over there now, they'll make a lot of noise. Nothing, Charlie. Hi, Charlie Bird. What are we doing? Come on then. But Charlie is here. Yes, they know all about it. We've got Charlie, who's hand-reared. So she does like being picked up and having a cuddle. Uh, although she's now a bit too big for that, aren't you, Charlie? Then we've got Billy who's the gander, who's enormous, but uh, they are predominantly Emden's, uh, Charlie's a Toulouse cross, and Billy who's the gander, he's an um, American Pomeranian. Are we being noisy? And somebody asked me the other day, have you got, do you ever have any problems with foxes? And the answer is, if you were a fox, would you come anywhere near these four? So the answer is no, we don't. So Charlie was the first animal on the farm after it being built. Having the first animal on the farm, uh, it was just amazing because 
you know, everything up to that point was always a, was it ever going to happen? Uh, could we do it? Um, so it was, it was a, just a really amazing experience to sit there with Charlie and got her here. And then we had a few pigs arrive. And it just really snowballed from there. And now, of course, as you'll hear today, we've got a combination of lots of things here, including two cows, which we'll no doubt meet in a short while. When I decided I wanted to go to agricultural college all those um, centuries ago, or it feels like it, um, so back then there was 36 agricultural colleges in the UK. I did have 35 rejections. Um, and I had some very interesting letters, one I've still kept, uh, because it was the most interesting response. And I think it, without naming any names, it was a bit like, um, Thank you for your letter, Mr. Duxbury. Unfortunately, we are unable to allow you to attend our college as we are based on a main road. So, if there's main roads out there, apparently blind people are stuffed. Um, so, but Warwickshire were great. They just phoned, they phoned me up. They said, uh, thank you for your letter. Would you like to come in for a, a chat with us? I met with the vice principal and the principal and the farm manager and uh, they said look we haven't got a clue about this but um, we're willing to work with you and so I said well look I'll tell you what let's make it easy for everybody let me come to work on your college farm for two weeks and let you assess my ability alongside what you are, your expectations are for a regular student and the rest is history. Um, even so much so that in, in holiday times, they used to beg me and plead for me to look after the pig units, <laughs> which I did, because um, I just love pigs. So yeah, so it's, uh, sun's coming out now. Hello, Bruce, boy. Oh, okay. Um, yes, so now we, we've come to one of our bigger paddocks and it's got a couple of cows in here. Well, they are two steers or bullocks, whatever you want to call them. We've got an Aberdeen Angus called Willis and a Hereford called Bruce. Um, and they're, they're great. Having them on site is really... It's, I, I really love having them on site. And the beauty about this paddock, there's a, a shelter in this paddock, and that was built by myself and two students who've been told all their life that they are useless, can't do anything, blah, blah, blah. Never been allowed to do anything by their families. Uh, their, their life was pretty miserable, actually. And they came out here and they helped me build this. And it was a very big proud moment for, all, for both of them, but also for us as well, knowing we got them from just sitting around doing nothing to build an actual shelter with me. 
So, you know, proud moments. Another little couple of paddocks, a small one with some ducks in it on the right as we are now. Don't know if we've got any sounds. No ducks. Oh, that's the chicken. And we've got about 65 chickens on site producing eggs for us every day. So, uh, plus we've got, I think it's eight ducks. Five of which are four, five of which are cool ducks, little cool ducks, so they're only small. Oh. If I was to be honest with you, where we're at in the project now, after two years, is where I, asked, I thought we'd be after six years. Because, you know, to build a, a fully working farm, stock it, get the students in, get them working to a level that's appropriate to the, the, the qualifications that they're doing, have all the uh, PR and the visitors that we get, and people just get it. Because they know what, you know, it's like a lot of the people who come here who have got differences or disabilities they just get it as well and you know because it's been a long last it's been developed by somebody like myself who's got a disability for them who's got a disability so we're all on the same if you like level it's not been put together by an able-bodied group of people to support those with disabilities if you can understand where I'm coming from um, so we, we, we very much work together and for a lot of them they look at myself and they think well do you know if he can do it I can do it because I say it's nothing special but just just needed somebody to do it for me it's definitely about the the impact of the students the, the students who came here started coming here two years ago who have now completed their one or two year courses and to see the change in them and how they've developed, uh, how they leave here, completely different people to who came. To me, that's the biggest reward ever. Reminder for us all there to listen, touch and smell as well as look and appreciate nature in every way we can. Now, next time you'll be walking a little bit further than the stroll around Mike's farm. Hamza Yassin, wildlife cameraman, TV presenter and winner of Strictly, will be taking you eagle spotting on a long hilly hike around Scotland's west coast. Mm -hmm.